Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain, every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go, everyday giftable, everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher High Roller Blackjack, with a chance to win up to ten times your prize. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Phoenix Club. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Phoenix. Eyes down, because it's time for the Phoenix pod. <laughs> Tickle those balls. <laughs> Eyes down. Tickle them balls. Here we go. <laughs> We're playing the national. We need silence. Good, good evening, Preston. Good evening, good evening, Bolton. Good evening, Salford. Good evening, Bolton. <laughs> Smash! <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are of course back once again. As the Phoenix Pod is myself, AXC, joined once again by a man who is half, half a, man. a man. Get it? Got it? Maybe? No, nope, we didn't. Fucking hell! I always get it right. <laughs> he's stupid. He's allegedly sexy, and he's called Flinders. It's yes. stupid, sexy Flinders. Yeah, I've, it's, uh, you know, I feel like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. At all. <laughs> stupid, sexy Flinders. Oh, I just can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, I'm debating about my, my Halloween costume for this year. Oh, I thought you, was, I thought you were going to say you're debating on your. Uh... Your nickname again. I was like, fucking hell, we've already been through this once. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. This is this is the old the old nickname evolved. Um back going back to college, I was known as Ned because of my last name. It's one letter <laughs> away from Flanders, so he went back and then um Yay, wrestling happened and then I became the hat guy for reasons. Mm-hmm. Um which wasn't even my invention, by the way. And then wrestling happened, and I went back to Ned again. <laughs> so, yeah, that's me. <laughs> the other problem is now on my PSN, I have hat in my name, and I can't get rid of it because it's not going to get rid of it. It'll fuck some of my games up, so that's fuming. Oh, well, no, man. Burn the hat. Until they fix it. Until they fix it. Which they probably will never do because it's no. Sony. It's Sony and the PS5's out this year, so fuck PS4. Um, and, of course, the other voice you can hear, he is the stowaway. <laughs> and trying, to, trying to sneak into Dover. Shut up. <laughs> He's never had time for sex. He's too busy having babies. <laughs> <laughs> or, should, or should I say he's at the bar holding two whiskeys, two Canada Dry. <laughs> it's Lewis Ogden. Alright. We're He's doing, doing fine. fine. How's he doing? How's thou doing? We're doing fine. <laughs> See nothing offensive, nothing blue. 
<laughs> no, just race. Get it off! Get it off! <laughs> so, we are back once again on our fortnightly cycle. Uh, still looking at that Peter K thing, whereas this time we're looking at episode two, which is Eyes Down. Yeah. Set in a bingo hall in Bolton. He says with quotation fingers. Not Blackpool. This is not, not Blackpool. Blackpool. Definitely we, not we, Blackpool. Yeah, we, we don't notice these. Yeah, we don't notice these things being, you know, sangroning and all that. You know, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know these things. It's definitely Bolton. Yeah, some of us, some of us don't. Some of us recognise of it being not Blackpool, despite living ten minutes away from said venue featured in this episode. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. It's certainly not located next to an old railway bridge. It really isn't. No, of course not. No. <laughs> oh. No, it's, there's not there's not a Domino's there now. <laughs> no, it's a pizza up. That's true. <laughs> See, I don't like pizza. That's my excuse. The you don't ones, like cheese. They're uh, ergo. I don't like pizza. <laughs> oh dear. So, uh, yeah, this is eyes down, set in a bingo hall in Bolton, aka Blackpool. Original air date, 19th of January 2000. The episode follows a day in the life of the customer's employees, including Patrick O'Neill, a teenage employee who does not like working at the hall, his friends Yvonne and Sparky, the bingo caller Tom Dale, and owner Ron Hibbert, who is afraid of Tom, and the various old women who inhabit the club. As well as a little cameo from... Uh, a cameo, who cameoed in a certain episode of Phoenix Nights that we'll get into in a little bit. Hmm. Indeed we will. So we get an opening shot of the club from above. The narrator gives us a brief history of bingo as we see various people, mainly pensioners, packing in. Eyes down for your first number. <laughs> yeah, the um, narrator makes mention that it's sort of like a, um, a game that, that's existed since ancient Rome, which uh, <laughs> seems to be a bit of a, uh, a, bit a, stretch, of a belly bullshit. Yeah, let's say it's, a, it's, a, it's an exaggeration of the truth, shall we say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You, yeah. just, you just imagine them Romans there with their little bingo dabbers, can't you? Just bits of charcoal, <laughs> smacking it onto stone. Dunk! You yeah, yeah, that with a dabber going, ooh, can, yeah. smell, can smell that bullshit. Think so, if you think about it, if the ancient Romans were playing bingo, it would take fucking ages, wouldn't it? Because how long are their numbers? <laughs> What's well, the thing, it's like... V I I or whatever. Yeah, V I I. Right, seven. Right, cool. Lucky for some, V I I. So, yeah, uh, we open on Waterloo Road here in Blackpool. We can see William Hill in the distance along the Royal Oak next door and the former Apollo Bingo Hall, which isn't there anymore. Keyfabe's dead. Let's just say, all right, well, Keyfabe's dead. Keyfabe's dead. It's Keyfabe. Whatever. It's so key dead, fabe. I can't even say it right. Keyfabe would work a lot more if it was set in Fleetwood. This is true. <laughs> this is true. There is an old bingo hall as well that was is in Fleetwood that's derelict now as well, funny enough. They could have well, used... Uh... Peter did mention in the commentary at one point. He said he was when they were scouting for locations. He, he said it was important they found one like this, which is like an old cinema style, yes, bingo hall venue sort of thing, because they had like the stage and that stuff. Rather than it's been a level floor, 
it I'll looks more grandiose. Yeah, it looks more grandiose. He said he weren't a fan of all these single floor sort of things. Because let's be honest, all these old buildings they have character, and if you're having a, a like a program like we what we're watching, you need character. It adds to well, it adds to it basically. Mm. I mean, without going into too much detail on it, yeah, it's it, you want it to be like the stereotypical thing that you think of as a bingo hall and uh, modern day things like they were building at the time. I mean. Think I'm thinking back now around Mecca Bingo in Blackpool. If it was looking around Blackpool, I think it just opened up round about this time when this was filming, maybe slightly earlier. And I, I, I don't know because I've never been in sort of like a bingo hall, but I imagine sort of like Mecca Bingo would be proper like commercialized. Absolutely. I mean, they used to have one above. Um, well, it was in the middle of town. It was a it's where Ve- the, the, the um, Viva Vegas thing is now. Viva Bar, whatever the fuck it's called. And it's like you say, they had two at one point while they transitioned over sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just like I say, it just shut it down and then it became empty for a good while. And then v- Viva took over. Well, we also had the it's, it, on the close last week as well. There was the Empire Bingo Hall on near Vicar. Excuse me, near Vicarage Lane. Yep, yep, we had the one that, was that on the close last week. And yeah, that I think was... that was very much old school in this sort of style of almost like an old cinema building converted sort of thing. So yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was probably one of the last ones. Rat Wheel was the last one round here mm. that was like that. I mean, all you've got now is Mecca Bingo, and you've got the new one that's opening up near me. Yay! <laughs> Because of um, if you know Blackpool at all or anything like that, where the cinema is, they're making, building another massive, great big bingo hall yep. where they're going to have a lot of bingo bongo, apparently. Whoa, that's Yay. not you sleeping. Yay, I'm going to have dancing grannies up on my getting having pisses <laughs> in my carport. Fantastic. I, I think we should do like a big podcast podcast group like actually going out for sort of like a night of bingo because I've never been to one before. I just think it'd be I just think it'd be like dead out of character. You know, you got all these old biddies at tables and then you just got us as a podcast group just sort of like, you know, as the odd group out. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I I think that yeah, absolutely. I'd play that was giving up halfway through you'd be like, oh fuck it and just go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle of the national, just throw your fucking marker across. Like, yeah, the is that is that a call? I'm like, no, he's had enough. <laughs> Make snide comments to everyone who wins. Fucking fix. She's been given the call. She's been given the call on the glad eye. <laughs> some, uh, yeah, some. Oh, that was that was the light I was going to say before we came on the air. There was uh, a bit on the. Um, the commentary where Peter mentions about uh, when when one someone calls like he thought it was a thing that went round like if one like accused, someone won they were accusing accusing of shagging the the the, uh, the caller. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that I wonder if that thing went on round the sort of like the bingos that's on the promenade. You you got the fucking Pat's bingo on the front the twenty p ago. <laughs> what did he do? Oh, what did he give the blow with the caller the blow just before this fucking before they played? <laughs> you'd get you'd get some like random day trippy or sat next to him like they go and win you're like swat yeah. <laughs> bingo <laughs> fucking swat so yeah um, anyway getting back to the episode 
it was the former Apollo Bingo Hall. It's not well. It's I say it's not there anymore. It's still there. It was closed years ago. It was due to reopen as a venue, and but currently sits empty. With yeah, they were going to use it as like a music venue or something like that, weren't they? Yeah, it was a multifunctional sort of comedy, music, all that sort of thing. And then sort of they started working on it, and then it just all sort of fell flat, and nothing's ever come of it since. Sounds like most of Black so, people, to be honest. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, then round the corner on his bike, coming past the Royal Oak, we are told it's 20 past eight in the morning. We're introduced to main character, character Patrick O'Neill, who is late for work. Hey. hey. And the best thing to do when you're late for work and you know you're going to trouble, let's ride straight through my workplace. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he cycles yeah. straight through the main floor, straight into the back of the fucking place. He cycles through and we get a, a voiceover as he's cycling through saying, oh, I hate the job. Worst job I've ever, ever had. And I used to work at Harvester. <laughs> Follows up, by, followed up by, what's got 90 balls and screws all women? Bingo. Bingo. You're, you're laughing, it's true. Old people, can't beat them, pity. <laughs> and as, as we see uh, him picking up some trays, one of one of which I know was a woman, uh, well, noticed was a woman who had bare feet. So she's taking her shoes off as he's reaching under to grab a tray. Oh, <laughs> so lovely. The, the, they pour in the cast of Cocoon. <laughs> it's, that was a proper throwaway line, but it's so funny. <laughs> well, but that's where he sat there. He's like, oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you another story. We had a woman down there last week having a fit during a game. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing at the woman having a fit. I know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jan- Janice came down, put it in recovery position. Everyone's playing as if nothing's happened. And then Janice had to help her husband because he was doing two books. <laughs> doing his own and hers, and he couldn't keep up. Couldn't cope. Couldn't cope. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my God. And he's at the bar, and we say, uh, get, get a shot of him there. Him there. Yeah. Tom Dale. King of the Callers, self-proclaimed. He, he calls himself that. No one else does. They, met, they mentioned on commentary when they uh, they show Tom Dale's um, picture hanging up on the wall, which is another character played by Peter Kay. And uh, they literally just make mention on commentary. It's just sort of like, you're going for the Dracula look, Dracula look there, aren't you? Yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Well, you look, I noticed <laughs> that. When he, when, he, when he said that, when I was watching it again through, because I watched this episode three times to get it properly instilled into my brain. And it never draw it never dawned on me until I watched it with the commentary that was going on. And then when you look at it, you think his fucking teeth are longer. <laughs> yeah. The inside, was, I think that's yeah. Inside the proper proper The canines, the canines. Yeah, the canines. Them's the ones. But um, yeah, it was like yeah, the last thing that's what they're probably going for, sort of like someone that sucks the ball in. Hmm. It's sort of it's weird. It makes sense in a way. It's uh, what is it? Patrick tells the camera he hates. It's like, oh, I hate him, and he hates me. He wants rid of he me. Won't say, won't say anything. Won't say anything though, because he's a coward. <laughs> and he's just sort of like, well, maybe he won't say anything because I saw him in Preston once wearing a dress. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also um, there's a, a picture next to him of, of the manager, which is Ron Hibbert, 
who we do see later on and and uh, they do again they point out in the commentary like oh we purposely had it so uh tom dale's pitch is bigger than ron's yeah <laughs> so but then, uh another line from from patrick which is whatever tom says goes bloody bingo mafia women, bingo women love him <laughs> women love him he had a week in fungarola attendance figures dropped by 40 percent ron has to come in he shit himself because he had to do some work <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Patrick makes mention, he's just sort of like, if you get a chance, film, uh, go to go to Tom before he does sort of, sort of like his uh, warm-up routine for his walkout. And he's just sort of like, oh, yeah. cut, cut to a shot of Tom. He's literally there just doing like shit shadow boxing. And uh, you hear on the voiceover for Patrick, is just sort of like, he stocks up on energy drinks, like absolutely down low before he goes on stage. There's no real point though, because as soon as he gets out there, he just stands still for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, as, as I said the, like, on our group chat before, though, like um, there's a bit, there's a, a, a throwaway scene that pops up later on, and right behind the um, the, the stereo system, there's like a, like eight or nine packs of huggies, just yeah. fly. I don't know why they're there or anything, but then <laughs> it's also that thing with Tom where he's doing like he's punching the air and he's giving it with the shoulders and that, and he starts like bobbing the head and stuff. Yeah, he's proper but like then, shadow boxing. But then he's like, tells her to kick the music on. So she's playing PJ and Duncan. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> and it's that whole bit of like, they get to the line, it's like, watch us wreck the mic, watch us wreck the mic. And he's the psych, like the, the finger point, which they yeah, all piss themselves laughing at on the commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> wet themselves. And then, uh, he appears on stage or something like we get the pension who's like, Oh, I'd love to go to his caravan. Yeah, I think that'd be a nice night. Who's <laughs> like, Oh, you do. They, they make mention on commentary, just sort of like, Well, we just asked some of the regulars, like, what they would do if uh, Tom, um, George Clooney were ever to sort of like, you know, come live in the local area. And then they just sort of like film the reactions to it. And then they just sort of like, I think it's Peter says, yeah, we just worked that in to say that they were they were talking about Tom Dale, really. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the woman there, they were just basically asking about asked her about George Clooney, like like Lewis has just said. It's it, that's they were just recorded the reactions and put right. Yep, we was talking about Tom. <laughs> so we get goes for an intro, uh, an intro, and then he's uh, oh yeah, we need to do a quick uh, celebration to Elsie Jackson, seventy eight years young today. That's from your daughter and your sister. Tell you Janice. Janice instead of Janice. <laughs> Janice. Janice, yeah. That's from your, your sister Janice. I tell you, Elsie, if I was ten years older, you'd be dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which gets uh, a chuckle from the crowd, but. but it's uh, it's, he's it's blue. Thing. He's blue. He's not effing and jeffing, but he's a bit blue. Bit blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny he's like you'd be dead and then everyone laughs and he's like oh I'm only joking <laughs> bit of fun but then speaking of death the lady hit the back in the wheelchair on Tuesday sadly died this morning <laughs> <laughs> got a call from the yeah it was confirmed by the infirmary it's like us at the Apollo sent a reef in her honour but it goes from that into right, we'll jump straight into the game. Eyes down for full house and let's tickle those balls. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to, yeah, it's, it's, it's your blue sheet. Yeah, eyes down. We'll tickle, tickle those balls. And uh, it's it's um, 
something to make mention for later on when they go for the big, great, big, massive national game. Is that there's no mention of uh, from Tom of uh, wanting to tickle those particular balls. Oh no! <laughs> so there's a, a certain bit of professionalism, given yeah. uh, given what happens later on. Yeah, he, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll cross that when we get there, I reckon. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's um, a slightly different tone for, tone from our Tommy on that one. So yeah, uh, Tom Tom's in his office being interviewed, and uh, continue, he follows up the line with, "I get the Billy Bunters what they want." <laughs> I tell you, I haven't had a day off in fourteen years. Apart from uh, two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> well, we see various pictures of him like holding like the big novelty checks with like some winners, where it's like ten grand, twenty five grand. <laughs> And then oh, we get yeah. a couple of pictures of celebrities, which include, I believe, one is Bob Carroll G's. It is. It just is. to follow on, and Tom and it's, Jones. It's, it's autographed as well with a big with with Bob with massive letters right across <laughs> it. It's uh, the only one that's autographed, might I add. <laughs> <laughs> he then mentions acts that have been there, played there, including Park Avenue. Yeah, he meant Park Avenue. Are mentioned. But then follow it up with, could have got Shirley Bassey for nine grand, but she wouldn't get changed in the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more humorous for people like me and Cox, because we know the venue. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. Right. It, was a full-on shit. it would have been a full-on shit show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the bomb. If you know <laughs> the Royal Oak, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> So he goes on to mention coach trips and Christmas parties. Oh yeah, they love it. Like you, they've got you got to give them something like and just a glass of sherry and a, a mince pie. Is like that'll do them. Well, the he, he mentions the um, he mentions the coach trips and sort of like some of the other destinations that they go to, and they include Birkenhead and Southport. So we get yeah. a Southport name drop for me. <laughs> the exotic places are all around here, you know. And not for the first what? time in this episode. Right, yeah. yes. <laughs> he also there's also a random clip where it cuts to him saying, "Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of Stars in Your Eyes is Mr. Christopher." <laughs> the piece of makes mention on commentary is just sort of like that actually happened in real life. It just sort of like there was a national game going on, and yeah. they sort of like cut they cut halfway through the game to announce the winner of Stars in the Eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone applauded. Yeah, yeah, and everyone applauded. <laughs> And I think yeah, Peter K said he worked, like I say, he used to work at a bingo hall and all the shit that he was sort of like bringing it, he put into the show actually happened while actually he was working happened. at yeah. a bingo hall. So all of this stuff that like, we're finding absolutely piss funny hilarious actually, actually in a way, happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh... Tom continues saying, oh, it's only a job to youngins. Is that that's the problem? And he's in the office talking to Yvonne about how she needs ambition. <laughs> only a pot washer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he literally just goes to Yvonne and just sort of like, like you, Yvonne, you've got potential, but you you know, you seem to lack commitment. And she just looks at Tom behind, the de- behind his desk and she just goes, I wash pots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet you could be a bingo caller if you wanted to. She's like, I'm back at uni in September. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you miss the fact someone, some, someone pretty like you could you could easily like become a, like a bingo caller. It, it comes across as sort of like a little creepy vibe, sort of like a greasy, mm-hmm. yeah, right. sort of like yeah. slimy vibe, which is the kind of, I think is what they were going for throughout the whole thing, but it's especially prevalent in that scene 
where he's yeah. like proper greasy sort of like uh, yeah skin she, crawly it's when she says she's only here for the summer then back at uni and tom says to her, what are you studying she politics advanced economics and european law looks at a dumbfounded just sort of like gives like a little side look at the camera and she's just yeah. sort of, he's just sort of like oh, it's all well well and good but where's that gonna get you <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> then, we, then we find out it's, it's break time uh, Pat, Patrick and his co-worker are supposed to be in the fire, meet, fire safety meeting but Patrick won't go Yeah. And it's, why won't you go Patrick oh, I'm not spending my tea with a weirdo <laughs> who's the weirdo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> well, I don't think this part was actually scripted I think this was prompt oh absolute, it was full on improv the fact yeah, he's like, improv. he sat there like, leaning against the wall just like Keith Lard and like who Mm, Keith Lard. What? Probably gets up, into, gets, up into the camera, gets up into the camera like, are you, are you watching, Pete? Can you hear me? Yeah, Keith Lard. Yeah, talking about you. It's like... <laughs> well, it's, oh, it's, it's full on. I've got the line here. It's, are you there, Keith? Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> Dog Tanyan. And yeah. uh, <laughs> what's his name? Sparky breaks out and pissing himself laughing. Yeah, that's then, it from that point onward. Yeah. The camera guy is just like, why do you call him Dog Tanyan? Because <laughs> he interferes with dogs. In what way? Like, way, way. way. <laughs> All through this little bit, you can see sort of like the camera moving up and down, as yeah. if sort of like the cameraman's just sort of like literally in fits of giggles behind the camera. Yeah, the lassie behind is absolutely he's, he's giggling away. It's Sparky, we find out, is actually um, Clinton Baptiste. Yeah. yeah. He's the actor that plays Yeah. He's absolutely piddling himself. Yeah. Legitimately piddling uh, himself. And another note to mention is Yvonne is played by Sean Gibson, who pops up in Car Share, and she's also uh, young yeah. Mary in, in, in Phoenix Nights. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. So why do you call him Dog Tanyan? Because he interferes with dogs. In what way? The very worst way imaginable. And then there's a, a pause and silence, and he goes, seriously, he bums dogs. He bums them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how we just uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, just bums dogs. <laughs> well then, it's just sort of like I swear, to, I swear to God, like you know, Sparky one time and like <laughs> Sparky's next to him just going, "Hey, keep me out of this." It's like, oh, sorry, member of staff. If on goes, who's Sparky? And yeah. Patrick just goes, "He's Sparky." Yeah, he's Sparky. So why do you call him Sparky? He got struck by lightning. <laughs> Last, <laughs> last, last, last July. <laughs> well, um, there's a bit with Patrick when he says, he says, well, we think he does, because Sparky, and he goes, hey, and he goes, oh, sorry, yeah. Remember a staff rifled his rifled bags accidentally on purpose and found loads of dog stuff? <laughs> like, well, it's like collar with a bell on, like a muzzle, <laughs> chew toy. Chloroform. Chloroform. It's like, no, not really. It wasn't really chloroform. <laughs> Sparky's so laughing so much his fucking legs are shaking. Guy behind the camera just goes, well, maybe it was a reason. And Patrick just goes, yeah, bumming dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and he just hear it, you hear Yvonne in the background going, in, does he really do that with dogs? And Patrick just goes, yeah, so you better be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then uh, we, we hear... We hear a door go. Patrick jumps up and knocks the clock back. Yeah. 
And then Janice enters and was like, oh, shouldn't be not, shouldn't be the thingy in the clock. That's a sackable offence, that, and they should be in the meeting. <laughs> Patrick said, we don't get paid for the meeting. He's like, you do, do we? <laughs> <laughs> so then we see uh, <laughs> the introduction of one Mr. Keith Lard. Hey, he's back again. <laughs> Surrounded by the staff, trying to talk over it, no one's paying attention. Coming across a bit like a school, t- like a substitute teacher who can't get can't get control. I found. Absolutely. Uh, Yvonne's looking through some sort of dog dog magazine. That's apparently the Keiths. He's like, "Who is this?" No, don't matter who it is. But call the lips in red. And he's like, "Well, it's mine." <laughs> <laughs> then he's, just, he's like, "Shut up and give these leaflets out, will you?" Oh, then no. we get an interview with Keith where he's like, I've trained over 5,000 staff mates. They want all the gory details. How many bodies have you seen? How many severed heads? <laughs> but then he's like, that's not, that's not what, that's not what keeps me awake at night. The thing that keeps me awake at night is ignorance. Ignorance that the generation now towards fire safety. <laughs> but then he sort of ends up like shitting on himself. He's like, ignorance kills, fire doesn't. Ignorance does. And smoke. <laughs> No. Well, no. Wait. Smoke. Smoke. Fire kills. Fire, fire does kills. kill. Fire does kill. <laughs> but then uh, back in the room with Keith, he's like, "What should you do when you discover a fire?" And Patrick literally mumbles, "Sparky, run like foot." <laughs> run like foot. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else is giving an answer, so he just gets the air horn out. And just goes. Bah! Well, it's. Uh, I, I I remarked that once at a, a job, um, and got a book thrown at me. So. <laughs> what do you do when you see a fire run like a fuck and run a like bug thrown at me <laughs> I'm doing that on my next fire training absolutely so I'm gonna, I'll do that as well so, Keith, Keith blows an air horn it's, this is serious now this it's life or death you just hear, someone... off camera, hear off camera someone going down boy yeah <laughs> and then you so come back quick... to you cut back to Keith as well, and he's just sort of like, um, oh, I like to give them a horn. It's loud, it wakes them up. <laughs> it's like about the fire. It's like the fire. <laughs> it's yeah. a quick fade to black, and then we'll pop back in with Keith, and there's a picture of a young girl saying, before, oh, as he holds it around the room, <laughs> flips it over, after, showing a charred doll, <laughs> followed by the line, they had to my dance fire for a dental records. And so it's your dolls have teeth. Oh, it's Patrick. Yeah, they all have teeth. It's not a doll. Well, it is. There it is. <laughs> well, then that's why Keith's like my favourite. My favourite um, bits it's are the, the the girl, the picture of the girl, and the, the horn. Girl. The burn and the girl horn, yeah. and the horn. I do, I do. I, I, I like to give them the horn. It's uh, it's loud. It wakes it wakes them up. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we get a story from Keith. A little girl came running up to me. Her house it said the mum was on fire. So I ran towards the house, what happened? And, of course, uh, the team leader, Janice, Kitchen's on fire. How did that happen? And Janice goes, chip pan. Chip pan, thank you very much, love. And then um, it's like, um, what do you do then? And uh, Yvonne stands up and she just sort of like, um, fire kills, fire kills in, no, is it? Smoke, smoke kills stands, in seconds. stands up. She stands up and she's like, smoke kills in seconds, fire kills in minutes. And he's like, that's right. And he goes, and thanks for standing. (laughs) It's like, chip fire. What do you do with a chip fire? Yvonne, what do you think you do with a chip fire? And she just goes, "Uh, 
Water. Or water on it. Water on it. Water. That's a complete, complete disaster, that. You pour water on it, woof, and the whole house goes up. And you just hear Patrick go, what are they go? What are they go? He goes, woof, and it goes up. It just goes, woof, doesn't it? Like, oh, no, no, not like that. <laughs> uh, what happens when it goes up? Woof. <laughs> but then... Picks up a, everyone starts giggling, picks up a CO2 extinguisher, and he's like, yeah, you can use a cold, uh, a drenched towel, or you can use one of these, a CO2 extinguisher. Go to the details. It's just fully black. A fully it's black fully one, black, yes, it's the old black, style. Fully black fire extinguisher, which is yeah. very, very unique to see, because you obviously, you, you nowadays, CO2 uh, fire extinguishers, it's exactly the same as every other, other fire extinguishers, mm-hmm. where it's just red, which sort of like the black label that says CO2. This, and is, white. this is before the EU legislation came in, where we had a separate system yeah, separate for fire colours, extinguishers. We? Yeah, yeah we, we, we had like some, well, I remember having some fire training back in 2012, where the, the guy complained about it, saying it was so clear before the EU stepped in and went, we have the same system as Canada and all these other places where every single fire extinguisher is a block colour, whereas mm-hmm. now, and you think... Right, I know what what fire extinguisher I'm going for because I don't have to look for it. But now, he said that nowadays, like eight years ago, it's still relevant now. Mm. He's, you have to look for the label to say which one you're looking yeah. for. Um, yeah, that's right. To yeah, fair, he's right. right. Yeah, it's like it wouldn't only be easier, but I think like I mean, you you probably won't hear anybody unless like there's people who are obsessed with fire safety um, would probably say this, but. I think they they look better as well. Yeah. For reason, mm. it's quite a quite a unique design to just see, you know, it all decked out in black when you used to just sort of like it being all red and then you know color coded with a particular label. It looks safer. It looks safer. Mm. It's like I've not got a fanny around. I've just got to grab the right coloured fire extinguisher. You know which one you're running for straight away, as opposed to like right, I need to look at the fire extinguisher to make sure I'm what I'm going at. I just realised we're going to a very serious conversation here. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's funny enough because it's uh, it, Keith does he goes all the details of like you can you have the fire under control in thirty seconds, and he picks up and looks at it, he's like this one's a discharge in fourteen to sixteen seconds. It's it's a line that gets me afterward because it's not how it's not what he says, it's how he says it. He just goes and it's not for pissing about with. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh uh, God. We're back them in the CO- big old hole. Sorry, so them CO2 extinguishers are fucking dangerous, by the way. If you hold them oh, wrong, you I've, freeze I've, your hand. Yeah, I've I've, uh, I've done fire safety at work before, so we've had to, like, set all four off. And I was like, I, the guys went, just give it a light press. I'm like, fucking hell, that's, like, yeah. strong, isn't it? Yeah, I had to put fires. I've had to put fire, When I did fire training um, at a hotel, um, we had to put fires out. It was in, like, a pool of, like, flammable liquid, and you had to put the fire out. It was quite cool. It was the last thing I did before I got myself shit canned. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was um, yeah. You don't yeah. You don't, them CO two things. Like he said you don't piss around with them. He's to be fair, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in the bingo hall. We're with some regulars now, which is uh, sisters Rose and Teresa. Rose is played by Peter Kay, and Teresa is played by Beatrice Kelly, who also plays Marion in season one of Phoenix Nights. Yeah. And uh, we start off with Teresa. We've won a bit of money. We never won big though. You oh, yeah, yeah but, but bits of money. Yeah, she, she won three hundred quid once. Mm, yeah, had a power shower fitted. <laughs> Just wonders for your back. 
So I also notice um, Peter Kay's character Rose has like the fake cigarette because she keeps literally just. Yeah, just but it's not like it's not a lit cigarette or anything. So there's no ash coming off it or anything. Like no fake smoke or anything. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they discuss what they like about the the bingo. So oh yeah, frills, tension. Also the buzz as well, along with fish, chips, peas, and a drink for two pound forty nine. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Jesus Christ, you can tell you can tell it's nineteen ninety nine or two thousand or whatever. <laughs> so then uh, we got the meeting, the meeting with Keith still going on, he's now going over the fire panels. What you need to do is give it a right good belt <laughs> as he elbows it and sets it off mid game. <laughs> mid game, you just got Tom there just going, Okay, ladies and gentlemen, can you uh you just make your way to uh, make your way to uh, um, was it um, assembly, assembly point, assembly point A, in the, a in the car park? Yeah. But then it's just it's when you have a uh, Keith and he's like, oh, we got got to evacuate. <laughs> but that's he's nonchalant, the, he's just, like he's the, he's there at the front, just sort of like trying to count for everybody, and then you just got like certain patrons just going, come on, are we up? So, uh, as they're outside, none of, none of the pe- uh, people leaving don't look at all pleased, but we do see the Charlie FM sign on the side of the building. Yeah, we do. Oh, we outside the, the building. Mm. Yeah, we just had the fire alarm go off. Oh yes, oh yes. We 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 go outside the bingo hall, which is not in Blackpool, <laughs> even though even though we recognise where it is, <laughs> and to the point where we I can actually pinpoint exactly where the cameraman's fucking stood. <laughs> Because I walk my dog where he was stood. <laughs> oh, um, We're not in Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to the evening sessions. The sisters are economising on the drinks. <laughs> Rose reckons they're all at it, whilst mentioning a pint, a pint of orange at the bar costs 40p, while a bottle of cheap cordial costs a 35p. <laughs> <laughs> Aldi would have been across the road at that point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it would have been not long open, to be fair. I think no, 98, was... I think it opened. Yeah. So, begrudging the mention, Pat Smythe, who brings a husband, but they say, oh, it's a, well, what's the problem with bringing a husband? Well, it's a woman's game. Eventually, we're owned by rights, looking after the kids. We need something we can call our own men have enough. <laughs> oh, dear. We get Ron on stage, who introduces Tom. Oh, yeah. Tom walks out, gives her like a full on like mouth to mouth kiss to some like pensioner, Ooh, uh. along with some others. Then gets on stage, sh- shakes Ron's hand, and he's like, "Go on, get off." <laughs> <laughs> get off my fucking stage. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody bingo mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by the intro of "Good evening, winners." Hey. Good evening, losers. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for so many of you coming tonight with Cemetery Shut. <laughs> we still get some giggles, to be fair. Well, if he follows up with, oh, I'm on the kidding, and if we just get, Keith is on the floor, can you help in safety infringements? And he's going, look at that, look at that there. And then <laughs> Tom mentions Sheila from Wiggins in. Hello, big Sheila, you all right? Now, Wigan is now two rings, rugby and beautiful women. 
rugby players are beautiful women. So which which position do you play, Sheila? <laughs> it's like, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. So we see, we see Keith wander over to a man. Look at this pillar here. He's got his <laughs> leg in the aisle. So, Going to move your leg. Because that's where everybody else will be going if they can't get out of this burning, if, if they can't get out when the, if the building's burning. And in my head, I'm thinking, yes, he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Is it not where your society is on, on your head? Be it, pal, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tom starts was, the game. I was expecting it just. I was. I was expecting him to just sort of like add, just sort of like a case of, no, if these people were trying to get to the finals and like, let us out, let us out, we're burning. Oh. <laughs> to be fair, oh. I think I'm, I'm not not definitely sure because they they do mention the commentary that the guy who has his leg stuck out died, uh, like not long before the commentary, but I can't remember the, the commentary because I'm sure. I was working at the Odeon. I think I served him a few times. Mm. So, because he looks familiar and the voice sounds familiar as well. Because I always remember a guy used to come in and be like, "I need somewhere I can stick my leg out." Well, I've got I've got the actual DVD in front of me. I can tell you what the year this DVD was released was 2004. No, I wasn't working at the Odeon then, so. Mm. So it would have to be after that, before that even. Hmm. Hmm. Strange. So, yeah, Tom starts the game with calling numbers. We've got a quick fade to black as he comes back in with with more numbers. we get a call from the back. Manual check with, hurry up, Dave. <laughs> Seven, no. Uh, 21, no. 32, 15, no. 15, no. That's Rose and Teresa, every bloody week she's like this. <laughs> is it, and then is it Teresa that just goes, <laughs> she's numerically dyslexic? <laughs> Teresa, Teresa, yeah, Teresa's like, yeah, she's numerically dyslexic, and Rose goes, should be banned. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing I picked up on this as well, which I mentioned to Lewis before we came on air, was like, I've, I've always mentioned it, I noticed it years ago, well, if you know Coral Island in Blackpool, yes. they have like their own prize bingo. Yes. And the guy speaks like a fucking rapper, he's that quick. <laughs> right? And I noticed it, you know, with like, Tom, he's like, he's going mentally quick with the numbers. And was like, thought to myself, how can anyone play along? And then I realised, these guys are like fucking ninjas that play the bingo like this. They can do handled speeds like this. Oh, yeah. So it's like, Jesus Christ. I, I mean, if I was playing bingo, I'd be like, I'd still be looking for the number that he called five, five <laughs> numbers. You know, five pensioners numbers have three speeds. They have pensioner speed, they have yeah. bingo speed, and they have getting on the bus speed. Oh yes, bingo speed's the quickest. Clearly. Oh, I can't, well, if they want to beat you onto the bus when they're if they're there in the queue before you, like they'll they'll beat you on it. Like. Oh no no oh well, then there's four speeds then there's getting to the bus and getting on the bus speeds. They're different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like downshifting your car from, from <laughs> top gear to first. <laughs> so uh, they restart the call. He restarts the call in two numbers in. We get a second claim, and even even uh, Tom, Tom's there again. <laughs> <laughs> again, again. Uh, he just just hear everybody in the bingo call just go. Oh. Bloody hell! Here again! Here again! <laughs> 
So Keith Patrol continues to take the damper off a player and sniffs it, going, listen, smell that, smell that. You want to try water bait? It wasn't much more mark in the future, love. Someone, someone <laughs> shoves you Toxic. It's like toxic and flammable. And it's like it's like it a little thing. thing that they they mention on commentary that like when you sniff when you sniff this um sort of like this highlighter, it's left a blue little dot at the end of his nose. <laughs> yeah. just, I it, I only noticed that from see. listening to the commentary. I'd not noticed yeah. it before. Yeah. Likewise, yeah. likewise. This is why you need the DVDs. It's like yeah. you, you get the commentary on it. I mean, I in the past few days I bought all the DVDs that I need for the Phoenix, like Phoenix pod. And I, I, it's, it's such a better experience than having to go online, like, and go on a certain streaming website, which shall not be mentioned mm. because I want to encourage people to get. Them. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, because well, like, Peter Kay DVDs have become like a limited print. Like yep. you won't, you won't find Phoenix Knights like brand new on the shelves anymore, unless it's still on the shelf in H and V because it hasn't sold. Yeah. Like there's no sort of best of Channel Four or anything that it's come out on because he doesn't want it coming out again. No, and not only that, so, Channel, if Channel Four are printing them, it's like Channel Four have got fucking hundreds of comedy shows that they produce, and they've got to make DVDs for them. They can't print. They can't go back and do the classic ones because they've got new ones to print out. Yeah. Um. Which, in a way, I count myself lucky because now I have all of the DVDs, including Phoenix Knights and everything, going straight through. So I feel quite happy about that. I'm quite pleased about that. But if you can get these DVDs, I implore you to do so because you're missing out if you don't. I mean, watching the, the actual episodes themselves online, it's it's an experience. It's not, It's good. But you can't beat having the commentary and all the extras and everything. I think, yeah, I think I think you do miss something with the without the DVD. Um, can I remind everyone of thirteen minutes of Armchair Superstore? And I don't need to advertise <laughs> anything else. That is what you're missing out on. Never mind the commentary. Armchair Superstore. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Armchair <laughs> Superstore. <laughs> Why do you need to buy the DVD? DVD, armchair superstore. <laughs> Don't need to say There's another bit which is early on, but I'm coming to it shortly, which is regarding the Peter K. Phoenix, that Peter K. thing commentary. Um, but first of all, he f- even feels like uh, Keith feels the woman's cardigan like he full on gets about behind the neck. He's like, so you feel that? Yeah, I thought it. Yeah, it's polycrylic. Like. I thought it's polycrylic when polycrylic. I saw it. <laughs> and he's like, if you go near a flame, you go, she'll go up like a kite. <laughs> he says, you never. <laughs> You never heard the Indenberg. <laughs> <laughs> but then oh, it follows up with, what are you drinking? Whiskey in Canada Dry. <laughs> then she go, she even goes to light up the fact. You could just tell by the sniff. Yeah, apparently. Like, she, she goes to light up, though. Keith is then, hey, hey, hey. And we get, false call. False. Is that, and even Tom's like, does he need to be an ear, him? <laughs> 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 but the uh, the whiskey in Canada Dry, I, 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 I remember I explained this to Paul years ago, and I don't think it came across quite as well without having you listening to the actual commentary. To the commentary, yes. yeah. I've, um, it's, it's like right at the start of the um, the episode as well that it's that it sort of made because like they make the ref they make the reference and then sort of like obviously 
further into the episode, you just sort of like got Keith just going, what's that yeah. you're drinking? Whiskey in Canada Dry. And Which literally PK is PK's just, just going, there you go. There's the, yeah. there's mean, the reference that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, uh... The reference he made, it was a guy that he used, he used to work at a bingo hall. There was a guy that used to make an order every single time he was on. It was sort of like he he had the certain every, every, voice. every Sunday. Every Sunday, yeah, he'd have like, his voice like going like it was like I can't, I can't do the voice properly. Yeah, it's I'll, like, do it. I'll do I it can, now. I can make go on, Coxie do it. I can make an attempt at it if or Coxie can. I'm gonna res- um, respectfully it, so, step so back. So Peter said he used to work in the bar on a Sunday, and he said this guy come up with a really high pitched voice. He said he's like he'd shout it. So you just walk up and go, two whiskey, two Canada dry. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd literally have to bend it. You'd have to bend down behind the counter because he was laughing that much. Yeah. He's like, oh, I bend down to get the glass and I just sat behind the bar just like crying, laughing. Yeah. And he said, two whiskey, two Canada dry. And he wanted to use it in the show, didn't he? But he realised he couldn't do it justice. So he said, he said, yeah, he said, like, I need the original guy in to do it because it would, just wouldn't have conveyed well otherwise sort of thing, which yeah. is like fucking gutting because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, he got the reference in in the end anyway with uh, Keith Laird. Keith Laird. Yes, Keith Laird. But it's just a shame, like, you couldn't have just, like, some guy, even if you had, like... Or like Dave Spikey or someone in, just like or even like the captain or from, from Phoenix Knights, like two whiskey, two Canada dry. Absolutely, at least they could attempt at it, and if it was shit, then just get rid. But at least make the attempt. It could have been good. Uh, but at least got are, the reference. <laughs> we have Rose and Teresa playing along with there's as a there's a few numbers and there's a call. Camera pans to a pensioner, and all you hear is old, them say, slot. Old age, old age pensioner. And they just like, <laughs> slot. <Yeah. laughs> like, Teresa's there just going, look at her, giving Tom the glad eye. <laughs> Bear in mind, this woman's, you know, got to be in the late 70s. Has oh, at least, yeah. Minimum, minimum, minimum <laughs> late 70s. And, and Rose is there just sort of like, oh, she's definitely giving Tom the shaft. It's like, I'll break her legs, then she won't be able to spread them so easy. We get the narrator giving the voiceover. It's nearly time for the national. 25 regional clubs are out to play, link up and play for £100,000. So as we see everyone r- rushing in and that, and Keith <laughs> stood talking to a woman at a serving area. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom gives the announcement who's just sort of like okay ladies and gentlemen if you'd like to take your seats because the National is coming up next yeah his whole he demeanour just... changes doesn't it his whole yeah. demeanour changes yeah it cuts to sort of like a shot of like two old age pensioners that have been like going at it on the fruit machine and then they literally just sort of like turn and like oh better get back to me seat National's coming up <laughs> yeah absolutely but then he goes all sort of like semi-professional doesn't he mm, yeah he's like he goes all official because I don't want to get to it yet because I don't think we're quite at that point yet. Actually, thinking about yeah. it, yeah, we'll carry. We'll, go on because so uh, yeah, Keith's still talking to the woman at the serving area. She's it looks like she's eating something or like she's like putting it out on a plate it, or she's it looks, like an orange looked, or something or it looked, yeah, it looked as if it was sort of like a satsuma or like a clementine or something like that, and she's just sort of like peeling off the segments. Yes. Are you saying how, how flammable he, a fucking orange is, essentially? It's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's, it's flammable, that. And she's like, you what? And he's like, the acetic acid would take the flesh off your face. 
then, if, I was, uh, if I was to like that acidic attic, it would burn the flesh off your face. <laughs> Alan, Alan pops up. Yeah, Yay! He plays Alan hey. as Alanos. You're, you're all right, Keith. Uh, all right, how's it going? So, God, you were having some trouble with that dog the other night, and he just sort of like, looks at me and just sort of like, sorry, what? It's like, yeah. Having some struggle with that dog, trying to get it into the back of that car, weren't you? Like, yeah. like, like, no, no, <laughs> me. It's like, are you sure? It's like, no, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> right, nasty bastard. Like, wasn't it? He says about it. The line, the line is, it worked for getting in that car. Wait, right, nasty bastard. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and he, as he says, right, nasty bastard, he gets to the point like he does the stereotypical moment thing where you like. He's, you ride something, put your hand up like that sort of thing, and sort of like rock backwards and forwards, sort of like, sort of like, yeah. Yeah. I can't really do it. I can't really it's describe a, it. A, certain kind of uh, certain kind of motion that you'd uh, you'd do in private behind closed doors. Yeah. Just say that. that. G- gyrating, pretty much, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Like thrusting. Yeah. There you go. Pelvic thrusting. <laughs> thrusting. Yeah, there you uh, go. Keith's like, oh, it's not me, that. So then he walks off. He's like, oh, I'll see you later. And then goes back to the, the uh, orange or something where been flammable. <laughs> uh, t- Tom's in the bingo hall saying, we need absolute silence. Uh, in the back, is, Patrick is not happy. Is he has, he's been told he has to see Ron after his shift, confirming his fear of dismissal. Yeah, and he's proper, he's proper bang, banging about in the... Yeah, just, just trying to make it, trying to make as much noise as possible, and Peter Kane commentary and just sort of like, well, this was a regular occurrence. This where they were, they kept, they kept saying that they, they needed like absolute silence in the bingo hall, and we'd just be sort of like in the back, just making, just making all sorts of noise. We just call it like it manages to come in and like proper bollockers. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like proper taking the pieces. Like he throws a whole tray of cups into the sink. It's it's the fact, though, that for me, the voiceover is like, it says, oh, he's he's not happy because he's been told he has to see Ron confirming his fears of dismissal. But the start of the episode, he's like, oh, I hate the job. All right. (laughs) Hate the job. (laughs) Hate working here. Yeah. Perhaps that shows maybe he wanted to leave on his own volition rather than being shit cam, maybe. I don't know. No, maybe, yeah. You get some measure of that, like, later towards the end of the episode. Yeah. So, so we then get Tom welcoming the towns in with good, e- good evening. Uh, wait, so good evening, Salford. Good, e- good, e- good evening, Southport. Like, good evening. Hey, hey cheap pop. <laughs> good evening, Preston. <laughs> <laughs> good evening, and then there's you can hear smashing coming from the background. He's just sort of like, quiet, please. But then, uh, like, Janice, can you want to see what that, see what all that noise is, please? So she she Janice, runs through she to the back, literally Janice sprinting goes, in heels. She, she does yeah. a, a Usain Bolt impression <laughs> to the fucking kitchen. <laughs> then we see a big smash, and she's on the floor as Yvonne and Patrick are stand over, looking on. <laughs> Patrick pulls out <laughs> the wet floor sign and just sort Very of pushes Yvonne away. Yeah. <laughs> So then we go back with Keith, tell him Pauline's like, well, load of crap. And he's like, oh, give it here then. And he goes to like whatever the, like the orange uh, skin Squeeze, or whatever. Squeezes the squeezes the acid out of well, squeezes the juices out of the uh, the orange segment, and then gets a box of matches out of his pocket and just sort of like lights one. 
Yeah, he tries to set he tries to set fire to the fucking orange juice. Yeah. And he cuts to Tom Dale sort of like doing the uh doing his bingo calling and he's just sort of like six and nine, sixty nine, gives a little look at the camera. It's like Yeah. It's sort of like on on the rounds number eleven and you can hear the fire alarm go off. Yeah. <laughs> just sort of like uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to need an evacuation because the the fire alarm's going off. You'd say about like ninety five percent of all the uh, the crowd are getting up and leaving when there's only sort of like two or three tables. Not moving. We're not moving. Hear, we're not moving. You hear, yeah, you can hear from one of the one of the old ladies just going, "Not moving. <laughs> Don't have to yeah, move. We're, we're evacuating. Not moving. Not moving at all. We're not going nowhere. So then. Uh... We get Patrick having his meeting with Ron. There's been shown footage of him cycling through the hall on his bike. We've that look familiar to you? No, no, right. no, no. 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 Like, that's that's you. That it's like it's not it's not me. It's like it, it's definitely you. Just sort of like that, but you riding your bike there. It's just sort of like yeah, my bike's great. It's not yellow. <laughs> well, it's uh, Ron says to him something like, "That's your bike." Is that? That's not my bike. No, it's grey, it's not mine's yellow. Yeah, that, that bike's grey, mine's yellow. It's on a black and white monitor. <laughs> but then this is this is the part that threw me as I mentioned on the, the group chat earlier. There's after this bit, there's like a randomly quick clip of Rose and Teresa that seems to have been thrown in. But they're both on scooters. <laughs> but if you look in the background, there's like there must be like six or seven steps that they would have had to like drag the scooters or whatever up unless there's like a little lift. Yeah. And they both just sort of literally sort of scoot forward like Never had time for sex with two busy hand babies. <laughs> and Teresa just has like a fag in her mouth. She's like, mm. <laughs> And that's it. That's all, that's all you hear from them then from that point onward. Yeah, it's literally like a two yeah. or three second like throwaway clip. Yeah. Like, I don't know why it's there though. <laughs> probably because I mean, probably because the content the content of the the line and it's like that random. You just sort of like. You, you know the the yeah, amount of possibly. times that you can sort of like walk in on someone's conversation, just be sort of like you know something dead random is like, like I say, she has got a cock, so you have been warned. Yeah, yeah, there is that to be fair. <laughs> I mean, like the context, the context there is just sort of like you know you've walked in on that conversation like, like uh, what, what? Well, well, this is it. I mean, it's, it's meant to be a mock. It's a mockumentary, isn't it? So yeah. it's supposed yeah. to be filmed like a documentary. So you're not. It, it's what it's it's how alert the camera crews are. Even if, like, if it was like a proper documentary, like you say, the camera crews might not be on it 100% of the time, but they're going to use the footage of what they film. And yeah. they might have filmed maybe 50% of the conversation that was going on. Or maybe they just they was having a conversation further back. And as they came towards the camera, that's what they picked up. And with it yeah. being a mockumentary, they go, right, well, we're going to put that in. So it's sort of like half a conversation. But that's what they picked up and that's what they're going to broadcast maybe. Or it could just completely fucking random put in there to throw our fucking heads, maybe. We don't know. <laughs> like I was saying before, like what I noticed about the, the scooters as well is like they both have like a pack of huggies in the front. Yes. And if you go back to before when uh, Tom's doing like, his little warm-up shadow boxing, you can see like eight or nine packs of huggies in the background. Yes. So whether that's maybe like a consolidation prize or something, maybe. I don't know. Maybe yeah, so maybe they've complained going, look, hang on a minute, we've we've had to evacuate the building, cancel the national because they were let's be honest, right? If they have to evacuate the building mm. when they're doing the national, they're not gonna wait for the black for the sorry, Bolton branch. <laughs> um, 
I'm not going to wait for them to come right. We'll catch up and we'll wait for them to do the thing. Because an evacuation could take 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever. They're just yeah. going to crack on and be like, fuck it. So they might have complained and gone, well, hang on a minute. We want compensated. So uh, pack of huggies. And that's what they've walked away with. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. So, yeah, it, it could be all sorts. I mean, it leaves, this scene proper leaves a more like open to interpretation, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So what's yeah. been going on and it's literally just a couple of seconds of a throwaway thing and it's probably had more discussion and probably some of the main points on the program <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so we go back into the office Ron's reading the list of complaints and behavioural problems Patrick has that includes you were you insulted the fire inspector and then Patrick then chimes in with the man's a dick he interferes with dogs, <laughs> with dogs. and Ron just sort of looks at him like you're fucking what he <laughs> looks he looks to sort of like Janice who's involved in the interview room and gives her a look as if to say is this true and then he just sort of like goes back to sort of like you know the list of complaints that he has right in yeah. front of him it's, all, it's almost like it goes in his head you can see if you if you can see to someone's mind you can, you can hear him when he goes oh, he looks at him she, she looks at the team leader and he goes fair enough it's <laughs> <laughs> well, not something as well where it says like um, oh yeah you didn't have a wet floor sign out or something. It's like, well, I wasn't expecting expecting her to come through, but running through like Limpid Christie or something. No, it's it's literally a case of sort of like, um, you didn't have a wet floor sign out. It's like, I, I did. And Janice goes, only after I fell over. And um, Patrick just goes, yeah, well, I didn't think you'd be coming, coming through sliding on your ass. <laughs> coming in doing the best Roy Keane impression. So... <laughs> Ron then said, I have no choice but to terminate your contract. See, it's, uh, as, of t- as of today, you no longer work for Apollo Bingo. And there's like a sort of jump where like Patrick's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you no longer work for Apollo Bingo. And you're sort of like bitter. It's like a short time later. And it's like, Patrick's like, but when you, when you say terminate, like, what, what do you mean by terminate your employment? I still, don't, I still don't understand that termination, termination of employment. <laughs> it's just, um, I forget the context, but it just basically, um, I th- Sorry, Coxie, go on, because I think I've I've gone to it earlier. No, it's uh, I think you're about right, because he's like, he said, when you say terminate, what do you mean by terminate? And Ron, Ron just sort of loses rag, and he's like, look, I have been over and over and over this with you. It's like, you are no longer employed by Apollo Bingo. We are terminating your contract. And then Patrick just like... What, what, don't you, what don't you understand about this? And he literally just goes, well, no, I understand it. It was just sort of like... <laughs> I've not clocked off yet, and you've just given me an extra 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron, Ron immediately just goes, get him out of here. <laughs> they, they make mention on commentary, just sort of like, when Peter K was sacked from um, his job at the bingo hall, he did something similar during his dismissal, because he was just sort of like, well, you know, I, I, I did pretty much exactly the same thing, because it, it worked out that I got an extra, like, pound eighty-two or whatever. <laughs> To, to and just fair, a quick I, thing as well. Sorry, just a quick thing as well. When you're talking about Apollo Bingo, that was the actual name of the bingo hall at the time as well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a made-up name. It was the actual name of the establishment. Well, it's. Um, I was going to say, fully enough as well, there's the guy I used to work at a certain branch of uh, cinemas with, who... Uh, <laughs> One time he finished at like six o'clock and I was like, I said to him, I was like, oh, are you coming to the pub? Because we were nipping next door for one quickly. 
And he said, he just said, no, mate, I'm going for going for a poo now, so I get paid for it. <laughs> and he's like, I'm perfectly. I spent like 20 minutes near just taking a shit. <laughs> yeah, have a shit, browse Facebook, maybe play um, Homescapes or whatever it is you've got well, this, on your phone, and then be- go clock before, out. This is before like iPhones and that, so you might have had like Snake, or maybe you had <laughs> WAP Internet. Well, <laughs> what plays snake on his phone or his other snake? Oh well. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, that workplace, dirty bastard. Hey, get paid for it. Why fucking not? <laughs> you have to be in a certain kind of mood, and you no, know, I, I don't know about the rest of you, but I've never sort of like struck up that kind of mood when I'm. I've been working. I've watched Clerks too. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> 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 Don't look at his wee wee. <laughs> so, it censors the, uh, me. <laughs> the, the credits roll as we see uh, Patrick grabbing his stuff, escorted by Janice. Sparky's wiping down. And he's just like, I'll see you later. He's like, oh, where are you going? He's like, oh, I've been sacked. <laughs> Followed by next week at the bingo hall. What the fuck? <laughs> and we get to, <laughs> Keith Tester responds to the local fire brigade. Is like, we don't know. It's like a, a bin that like he's like set some paper or like to or something. He's like, we don't know if it's out that one or not. And the guy's like, the, the fireman's like grabbed like a glass of water. He's like, oh, it's not out, is it? So he throws the water in the bin. And he's like, no, it is. I, I thought it was another glass of whiskey in Canadian Dry, to be honest. Oh, it could, I, I think, think it was. Fair, yeah. I, think it, I think Lewis is right. I think it was like whiskey in Canadian Dry, which pisses on the point of. Um, Keith Laird's point like whiskey in Canada dry it's fucking flammable that he just throws <laughs> it on the fire <laughs> uh, Ron gets a call from head office regarding Keith and call outs and he's like it's, how, many so, times, how many times have they called out six six and how much does it cost how much how much <laughs> and it's like it's um... Keith's, Keith's just there with like his mug just like almost if that's not me that like just sipping his brew yeah, just like oblivious. Not even not oblivious. Or not oblivious, but it's like shirking it, responsibility. Sort of like, yeah, a little bit like more that like thing. It's needed. It's needed for spy safety. Yes. It's more that thing that needs must, isn't it? Yeah, it means to an end. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that actually. <laughs> and then the final clip is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we we'll then get the the police arrive and want to talk to Keith. Keith Winston Lard. He's like, yes. Yeah. Can you come with us, please? We've got a and couple he, of questions so, for you. Yeah, Keith Lard sort of backs away from him and he reaches behind him and grabs a bag which squeaks of a fucking dog toy. You <laughs> 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 just hear dog toy squeak as he grabs it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So then we get we get the uh the sort of followed by a disclaimer about the real the real Keith Keith Laird, which uh, Paul is going to read now, hopefully. I am I am finding it as we speak. We have spoken on group chat, I put it there and I can't find it. There we go. Found it. It says, and I quote Channel 4 and Peter Kay would like to state that the character of Keith Laird may have led to some persons to wrong believe that the character was based on a Mr. Keith Laird. We wish to make it clear this is not the case and would like to apologise to Mr. Keith Laird and his family for the distress caused. We've also agreed to make a donation to the Fire Service, Fire Service Benevolent Fund. There you go, can't speak tonight. <laughs> 
and to Mr. Laird's family for his um, for his and his family's personal distress. Mr. Laird's contribution to the fire safety in Bolton is well documented and his professionalism and personal integrity are not in any doubt. If you would like to, any more information on fire safety, but anyway, it's just talk about getting information on Channel 4 and what have you, which website probably doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, basically, it was a disc- like sort of like a, not a disclaimer as such, but more of an apology to say that the character is based on, well, not based on someone that they know, but it's got the same name as someone that works in the same sector they're taking the piss out of. It's pretty much exactly the same disclaimer that they had um, during episode three, I believe it was, of Phoenix Knights. It is exactly the same. Epi- it's yeah, it's exactly the yeah. same disclaimer. Which you got to think of is, if there was aware of it then, why did they use the same name in Phoenix Knights? Unless they put it in as like a retrospect. Well, well, this is, the, the the thing is, you said that the DVD came out in two thousand four, so yes. it was probably just a, it was probably just a, an additional thing that was sort of like in yeah. Line with. I was just about to yeah. I was just thinking because I think, yeah, Peter I Knight think it, season one came out in like two thousand one. It came out yeah. Well, that Peter K thing came out first because it was two thousand. Yeah. But I think the the that it, this kind of went unnoticed until Phoenix Knights came about of like. Oh yeah, there's a Keith Keith Lard, like fire inspector in Phoenix Knights, who then oh wait he pops up in that Peter K thing as well. Yeah, like, I yeah. I think this I think this is sort of like an addition that they've put in post edit for the DVD. Absolutely, that's what I think anyway. No, I think you're right. Um, I think it's post because obviously this was filmed in 1999, I believe. It would have been 99, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, it, it aired in January 2000, so it would have been filmed at some point in 99 because the yeah. services was filmed in 98. Yes. Yeah. So um, this has been put in retrospect because then in that case, then this is DVD. Well, DVD I watched was released four years after it aired, so mm. it's more slightly in respect of what I watched and what I've just read out is, and it's the fact that it's word for word exactly the same disclaimer. It's been put in retroactively. Mm-hmm. So, probably at the time it didn't have that disclaimer, and maybe because it was, as it says on the back of the DVD, it's uh, what does it say? Um, the award-winning P- that Peter K thing not only launched the career of one of the UK's most popular comedians, but was also the forerunner of phenomenally successful Phoenix Knights. So, like I say, this launched Peter K's career. This, mm-hmm. and because obviously I said in the previous episode, I believe it was like this was the thing that sort of gave. Peter K a platform to go right I've done this it got critically acclaimed let's do Phoenix Knights and because of the reputation of that Peter K thing it drew more people into Phoenix Knights which is why Phoenix Knights is a lot more famous than that that Peter K thing yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. which explains why it would be word for word what was said on Phoenix Knights as opposed to the other way around if that makes sense mm-hmm Disclaimer came from Phoenix Knights, not the disclaimer came from the Peter K thing, and they just slapped it. Yeah. Well, the, given that he fe- fe- uh, he give, given that he features heavily in this episode. It's, yeah, it's uh, like more so more so in this than he was in the Phoenix Knights episode. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I'd, I'd argue he was more ob- he was more obnoxious in this episode than he was in Phoenix Knights. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, that was episode two of that PK thing, Eyes Down. 
So, uh, overall, gents, what did you think? Fucking loved it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think of the three episodes of that Peter Kay thing that we've done so far, despite the fact that last time around was just pretty much like a prequel to Phoenix Nights, I think this has been my favourite episode so far. Yeah, I have to second that. I mean, it's been the, it's been the, it's been the most quotable, and it's had sort of like the more the more memorable characters. I don't know whether I took sort of like the last episode for sort of like granted, given that the characters that I'm sort of used to, and yeah, therefore didn't really make too much of a connection. Whereas in this one, you've got Patrick, you've got Tom Dale, you've got um, Rose and Teresa, you've got another the other appearance of Keith Lard, which you know is always mm. is always good to yeah. see. The other thing you can take away from this episode is in the last episode you had uh, obviously you had Brian Potter, you had Max, you had the Park Park Avenue. You but you the you know, the characters that Peter K played were more sort of like better done in this episode than they were in the previous episode because you had that guy from Shirley FM that did next to fuck all apart from look at somebody's tits. You know, yeah. that's all you got in the previous episode from him really. Whereas Every Peter K character in this episode was key to what was going on. You could have removed, yeah, you could have removed that character from the Chorley FM sort of thing from the last episode, and it wouldn't have mattered. But if you did that in this episode, you'd have you'd have hurt it. You would have hurt the episode if you did that. So in that respect, for me, like I say, this episode is much better. What also helped it made it better for me in a way, was in the last episode, I only had the ability to watch it online. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm sort of maybe sort of retreading all ground perhaps a little bit here, but from having the actual physical DVD and having the plethora of extras that I had, it gave me a bit more insight into what was going on with the episode with the commentary and the actual episode itself. So I got you, more you get, out of it. You, yeah, you get more out you, you of it. More, you get more out of it by having the actual like physical copy of it because yeah, there's just, a lot of extras. There's a lot of extras that come with it. Where if you is if you just sort of like streaming it from like an online streaming service, absolutely. you only get the episode and that's really it. Key point that they'll say for a key example in that is the um, two whiskey in Canada Dry. Mm. You wouldn't have got that without the extras. Yes. It's just a case of like, oh, Keith Lard sniffed it. Oh, that's a flammable liquid. But yeah. because you listen to the commentary, you get why that fucking reference is there. And you yeah. wouldn't get that just by going, oh, I'm just going to go on a certain streaming website and watch it from that way. So for me, because I had the, because I went out and bought, I got the actual physical DVD, got the extras, got this, watched it without, with the commentary and without the commentary. I got more out of this episode and I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat as I just sort of like, I ordered, I ordered like a load of pre-owned PK DVDs. That PK mm-hmm. thing was one of them. It popped through me, uh, letterbox early this morning and then Which just it did with me. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot better sort of like having the actual, physical copy is as i've said because you get like a ton of extras that you realize how many i mean sort of like the the 
there's little things that have gone into sort of like previous episodes, but also with the additions of sort of like having the audio commentary there, you realise how many more like little things actually go into the episode itself, which I think makes it yeah. more worthwhile, really. And it makes it more personal as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you get the you get the reasoning behind some of the writing that's gone into the episode. And it's all drawing from Peter Kay's past experience of what he's actually done. So in mm. a weird way, it's almost like a auto. This episode especially, it's more like an autobiography with a twist. In a way of his experience of working in a bingo hall. Mm-hmm. It would be like if Coxie wrote a sitcom about working in the cinema. Or working in Madame Two Swords. Or working on walk, walk, or working in that, that place. Yes. To be fair, because Peter Kay has worked in a cinema before, it's fine he didn't do a cinema episode. But like, unless he didn't have any like interesting stories from the cinema. It'd be really, it'd be a bit like, too, it'd be a bit too similar, wouldn't it, as we think about it? Because, and not only that as well, what kind of sort of like conversations but, things can happen while you're watching the film. You don't have it's, the. It wasn't so much that. It was like, because when I worked there, it was more like the interaction with other staff members and like customers you get yeah. in the foyer. And like, especially like when it comes to like regulars and stuff. Like we had, to, like we had a guy called Cricket Man who used to come in. We used to call him Cricket Man. Mm-hmm. Because he used to go to the cricket, but then he used to also go to like Blackpool Footy games. Oh yeah. At one time, he was, he was on the front page of the Gazette, like right in the corner, like just sat there, like. And he came in and like one of the managers was like, oh, I saw you on front of Gazette. And he's just like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, you're famous now. Oh, God. Well, you'll, you'll get that with any sort of co- that job where you're working with the public. Though, when you get your locals and you're like, oh, you got this guy, this guy, and the other guy. The only job I've ever had where I've actually worked with the general is um, when I worked at a corner shop for two, like a year and a half, two years. And you got like, you know, you as we affectionately call them, smack rats, and the, you know, the job, the, the, you know, you know the ones which were the shoplifters that used to go for your cheese and your meat, your cheese and your mm. bacon, your coffees, shit like that. Well, I was going to say the other, the other, probable point they didn't do the the cinema is, is, is also there's an episode where he does the they do the arena, which is coming up. Yeah, I was, saying, I, was, I was just about to say because sort of like you know there's one where he's the. Usher, or the, yeah, he's the usher at the like, arena. Usher, usher at the Amiens arena, and mm. it just sort of like the 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 quite similar roles in retrospect. So yeah, that makes maybe, sense. Maybe maybe there'll be sort of like combinations, sort of like that go into that one little episode when we get to it. Yeah, yeah, there is that. I mean, what you think about the bingo hall is more working class, I would say, which is what Peter K was sort of probably gunning for as well sort of like working class humor sort of thing which yeah which is probably why we plump for the bingo hall and then i don't know it's probably it's probably a bit funnier getting old people to say shit like i'm gonna break her legs as opposed to somebody who's going to the cinema tom the tom's entrance with pj and duncan let's get ready to rumble Oh, he yeah, did say his and and Deckers are known in uh, this day and age. Yeah. And Deck, yeah. His <laughs> um, when when he worked at the bingo hall, he said he, there was a guy who like, he stole the idea off, but he came out to like simply the best or something. Simply the best, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah, nice. It was simply, it which, was simply the best. 
which was my first dance actually at my wedding, but a slow version of it, mm. which apparently the DJ never heard of. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was my first dance, but simply the best. Mm. Which is weird. Well, you don't think of that as a first dance song. <laughs> well, it was it was, it was uh, quite quite appropriate as sort of like the version that you went for. Mm. I feel. Yeah, it was nice. Mm. But what well, my missus is a Rangers. Well, sort of like got rate like black uh, Glasgow Rangers in a, like a family. So it's sort of like that's their song. So mm. well, right. and I liked okay. it. It was one of my dad's favourite songs as well. So I was like, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> one of the moments where, where you troll through, we're trolling through YouTube for songs and we heard that and it was literally just a case of we don't need to listen to anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was perfect. So, yeah. But yeah, that was just a bit mm, random trivia. Very good. But um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. I can't wait to um, get my Mr. Whippy on. <laughs> well, we'll cover that in a moment because first of all we need to do some plugs yes we do you can find me on the UK RAD live podcast we are on all the good podcast catchers out there like such as Stitcher Apple Music, Spreaker you name it we're on there we're even on YouTube I believe um, you can find us on Twitter at UK RAD podcast we are on Facebook to search for UK RAD podcast um, but yeah, you can also find my alter ego, Steve, you know, Steve the Betrayer, uh, Steve AOTGTMP, where I usually take the piss out of our good friend Bunkle and his character at Rogar GTMP. And you can find That's him on part... the Reason. So go, mate. Ah, yes. No, no, no. Yes. I was, I was literally about to say because you're part of the a particular podcast that you're going to plug right now. Yes, I'm. Um, oh, I wouldn't say I'm part of it, but I've had a guest put moments in it. Where, um, yeah, you can find you can find Rogar at. Uh, I've, I've completely fucked it up now, but we'll try it again. You can find <laughs> him on Gunpowder <laughs> Treason No Plot, and their Twitter handle is at Treason No, and they're also on all the good podcast catchers out there, which I've had a bit part in. <laughs> um, the little plug I'll give right now sort of ties into Coxie's little uh, side <laughs> podcast. Um, Recently, during the COVID-19 um, pandemic, I've literally just been doing free lockdown reviews of wrestling shows. Uh, a sort of like collaborative ep- uh, collaborative effort with Coxie's Lost Art of Wrestling. Uh, Lost Art of Wrestlebox. Um, we've done a fair few number of reviews. And the latest one, which is the um, NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance's Into the Fire pay-per-view. Uh, will be out this coming Monday. So if you follow the Lost Art of Wrestling on Facebook, Twitter, and also on all good podcasting feeds such as Stitcher, Spreaker, Apple Music, Podbean, um, if you've got an uh, Android phone and you have the Castbox app, it's available on there as well. Yeah, absolutely. We all are on there. Cool. And of course, you can find the Phoenix Pod on all good podcast providers, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, Castbox, and any other one. If we're not on it, let us know. Yeah, of course, you can find. We'll put on there. We'll try. We'll try. We'll try. Of course, you can find find a lot of podcasting on on the Facebook or on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast. 
Uh, we're on Instagram at Lost Art Podcasting, and you can find us on all good podcast providers, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, and the rest. So uh, I think that's all of us to say, boys, apart from, uh, well, eyes down, let's tickle those balls. Yay! Way. Eyes down! <laughs>